Hey, everybody. Thank the Charlie Kirk Show. Senator Josh Hawley joins the program. We talk about Zuckerberg, social media, and liability. January 6th protesters should have done something differently, a lesson of how they could have avoided arrest. They could have avoided arrest. And then Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis as we talk about Iran and how America should respond. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Subscribe to our podcast and get your friends to do the same. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. And become a member. It's members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com charliekirk.com buckle up everybody here we go charlie what you've done is incredible here maybe charlie kirk is on the college campus i want you to know we are lucky to have charlie kirk charlie kirk's running the white house folks i want to thank charlie he's an incredible guy his spirit his love of this country he's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created turning point usa we will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries destroyed lives and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country that's why we are here noble gold investments is the official gold sponsor of the charlie kirk show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is one of the great guys, not just the good guys, great guys in the U.S. Senate. He does an amazing job. From the state of Missouri, Senator Josh Hawley. Senator, thank you for taking time. Senator, your clip yesterday with Mark Zuckerberg has gone insanely viral. Uh, in some ways, I wish Google and Apple were also there. Zuckerberg is definitely um, guilty of a lot of nonsense, but I would put Google even worse than Facebook. But walk us through what happened yesterday. We have some of the tape, but you did wonderful. And this is a kind of a, a, a great piggybacking of your book. You wrote a whole book on this topic. So, Senator, walk us through it. Um, we had Zuckerberg in front of us, and I was just saying that, listen, I mean, he, he did not want to be there because he never wants to answer. None of these guys do, Charlie. They don't want to answer for anything that they do. They have more control over our lives, over our information, our news, than anybody in human history. And yet they themselves don't want to be accountable for anything. So I just tried to get him to express some accountability. I mean, to get to to own up to what he's done. And finally, I just said to him, you know, do you want to say something to all of these families? Because we had so many families in the room, Charlie, who have lost kids, not just kids who've been hurt or harmed by exploitation online, sex exploitation, child porn, but actually who, who have committed suicide. And they were in the room. And so I just said to him, you know, you've never apologized. Zuckerberg's never apologized to anybody. You know, he takes the money. He takes the power. He apologizes to nobody for nothing. And so I just said, hey, you know, these families are here. Why don't you turn around? Why don't you talk to him? Why don't you apologize were, were, to him? And he did. Were you surprised he stood up? I mean, it was kind of awkward, but in some ways admirable. I just, I, it was as if, look, I, it, he has, he, it seems as if everything in his life goes through a formula and you kind of broke the internal matrix of, you know, the quasi cyborg way that Zuckerberg views. He was like, what does my operating program tell me to do? And he kind of stood up and awkwardly faced them. I guess I have some respect. Honestly, I haven't seen a witness do that. No, no, I haven't either. And I think it was finally some acknowledgement. I mean, maybe it broke through a little bit that these are real people behind him. These aren't, this isn't just a formula. These people behind him, they're not, they're not an algorithm. You know, it's not just about the revenue numbers. These are actual people who his platform has hurt. And Charlie, I'll just say this about Zuckerberg and the others. 
They've got all the time and all the money in the world to censor conservatives left, right, and center. You know, let's not forget, Facebook willingly cooperated with the Biden White House to censor posts about COVID, about the vaccine, about election integrity, about Hunter Biden, you name it. And yet they're they're telling us, oh, but we can't do anything, nothing meaningful about child sex material online. Oh, nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. And it's time they're held accountable for it. A hundred percent. And th- this was one of the more objectionable elements of his testimony on 36. This is the equivalent of Pfizer coming out and saying that there's nothing wrong with the vaccine or the equivalent of even more, let's just say, agreeable to the audience would be big tobacco coming out and saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with smoking. This is so just materially incorrect. It's play cut 36. And I want you to riff on this and to challenge it and to deconstruct Zuckerberg's lie here, play cut 36. With so much of our lives spent on mobile devices and social media, it's important to look into the effects on teen mental health and well-being. I take this very seriously. Mental health is a complex issue, and the existing body of scientific work has not shown a causal link between using social media and young people having worse mental health outcomes. Senator. Totally false, and he knows it's false, and here's why I say that. He has done a study, Facebook and Instagram have done into comprehensive studies, year-long, multi-year studies internally about the effect of their platforms on teen mental health. And what they found, and we know this because whistleblowers have come forward and leaked the information, what they found is their platforms make teens' mental health worse, much worse, especially young girls. 30-plus percent of young girls say, those are like 13 to 17 on their platforms, say that their lives are made materially worse the longer they spend time on the platforms. They know about this. We have the, we have the emails. We have the track record. We have the, the record of back and forth where the execs are saying, wow, these numbers are pretty bad. What should we do about it? And the answer is they did nothing about it. I confronted him about this at the hearing, and he sort of hemmed and hawed and said, well, well, you know, we need to study it more. They know the truth, Charlie. They just don't want to be accountable for it. That's exactly right. And we have some charts here to support that. I mean, as soon as we had the advent of the proliferation of iPhones, especially young ladies, suicidal ideation, their um, image of self, anxiety, depression skyrocketed. It was flatline, flatline, flatline. Mental health outcomes were actually stable and plateauing, and then it skyrockets. And so I'm, I'm open for anybody to tell me why all of a sudden, 2013-14, when we put a supercomputer in young ladies' front pocket, where they become very obsessed with what other people say about them and what they say about other people, why that, why that changed. Senator, so what were some of the takeaways here? I admittedly only caught your parts, and you were excellent. You were terrific. Just walk us through, because I didn't have a chance to watch the whole hearing. Tell our audience some of the other takeaways, some of the other noteworthy moments. Well, I think the big takeaway here is it's time for Congress to act. I mean, apologies are great. I mean, it's good that, that Zuckerberg finally admitted to the world that, you know, oops, maybe maybe Facebook has actually exploited people and gotten rich off of it. That was good. But now Congress needs to do something, Charlie, because the truth is, if you are a victim or you're the parent of a victim right now, you don't have any recourse. You can't go to court and sue these guys, unlike every other company in America, because they're protected by the federal government. They've got special protection. That needs to end. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the floor of the Senate next week, and I'm going to force a vote on allowing victims to sue when they've been harmed. Let's just see let's see where people are. Let's let's put people on the record. Yeah, so is is there government I don't know the answer to this. Is there government issued 
liability protection or is it a little opaque? Is that, so I know there's Section 230, but I mean, for example, if there's a clear cut case of self-harm or an individual or a teenager that engages in suicide via something the tech companies get on, is there really no way to sue the tech companies? That's right. They claim Section 230. That's the liability shield. They claim that, Charlie, as a shield. And they're doing it. That's not speculative. They're doing it right now in court. And get this. The courts are letting them get by with it. The courts are throwing out these cases and saying, sorry, you know, even though Facebook pushed this content at you, this content on how to commit suicide, even though Instagram exposed you to pedophiles and then they knew that they're pedophiles and they did it anyway, you can't sue them because the federal government has said no liability. No other company in America gets that kind of protection. Only I mean, this vaccine any- companies, or- and again, this is only vaccine <laughs> companies get that kind True. of protection. And and That's by the true. way, we have we have learned that that type of protection might be well intended. However, it it results in an oligarchy or an oligopoly. Can you riff on that? Because the criticism that some people that are purchased by the tech companies that work for these DC think tanks that are just so awful and nakedly corrupt, they'll write these op eds that are read by nine. Capitol Hill staffers and its job justification. They'll say, Senator Hawley's not free market. Hold on a second. 230 is an anti-market protection of these companies. Yeah, what's happened is the federal government's giving these companies a huge, huge subsidy. I mean, it's a massive handout in, in the form of billions of dollars. This is worth, this liability shield is worth billions of dollars a year to these companies, and they know it. That's why they will defend it with their lives. You start talking to them about, well, why won't you just open up the courtroom door? Be like everybody else in America, every other company. If you sell a bad product to your customers and it kills them, you can get sued. That's the rule for everybody else. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. So we're not talking about a free market here. We're talking about special favoritism that these companies get from the federal government. Charlie, we need to end that. Let's let people, if they've been harmed, let them have their day in court. Maybe they win, maybe they lose. They should have their day in court, and the company should be accountable. A story went viral last week, Senator, of a tragic death, Orla Baxendale, who has a terrible allergy, and she ate mislabeled cookies. And immediately, the company that made those cookies, that press release, they know they're going to get sued. And they, they, get, they get out in the PR, and, and it, could, it could bankrupt the company. But honestly, why are the tech companies treated any differently? Why are small mom and pop cookie companies that might have done something wrong? You know what? They should have their day in court, and they should be held accountable. But the multi-trillion dollar tech companies get to glide on by when 13-year-olds are killing themselves because of content that wasn't policed on there? No, 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 no. It's not American. It's not moral. And we have to fix it. Senator, great work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Traditional media is crumbling. Why? Because they're hiding something, something big. People are realizing they're being lied to left and right, even by institutions they thought they could trust. But you, you've known the truth all along. You also know that the time to prepare for what's coming is right now. Get started by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. There you'll save $200 on essential three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies, and yours should be next. Sealed inside ultra-durable packaging, their delicious meals last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories daily. Eat right when things go wrong with these three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. With $200 in savings, you can get enough for each family member. They deserve your protection. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free day shipping. That is free same-day shipping. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. All right, everybody. Right now, there are hundreds of peaceful people that 
went into the Capitol on January 6th. They did not touch a police officer. They didn't smash a window. But they have been charged federally for trespassing and called insurrectionists for the rest of their life. Even though many of them were invited in and the doors were open and the police just stood there. They're going to have to navigate the job market, the corporate market, family relations, neighborly relations, and public humiliation being called an insurrectionist in what is a major humiliation trial. But to be fair, they did something wrong. They could have done things a lot differently. You see, the problem is that the MAGA patriots on January 6th, when they went into, for example, the Senate where the Senate votes, or they went into some of the hearing rooms, they should have stripped naked and filmed themselves having gay sex. That would have solved all the problems. Remember the story back in December? It was breaking right near Amfest, where a Senate staffer for Senator Cardin, all of a sudden on the internet, filmed himself. It went totally viral of he himself having gay sex in the Senate hearing room. Went viral. Well, don't worry, federal law enforcement is on the scene, everybody. An announcement today, quote, after consulting with federal and local prosecutors, as well as doing a comprehensive investigation and review of possible charges, it was determined that despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there is currently no evidence that a crime was committed. That's all they had to do. Put up a quick picture of Siaka Masakwai. Siaka Masakwai was hunted by the feds for years What he did, he's walked into the Capitol, walked out of the Capitol. We've had him on our show many times. But Siaka, he should have done the holy sacrament that keeps the Democrat Party and the regime together. He should have just had gay sex and filmed it, and everything would have been just fine. No charges for federal law enforcement. No public indecency, public exposure. And they say, oh, well, he was a congressional staffer, so he wasn't trespassing. I guarantee you, you could find a federal law that this guy broke. But no, here's the problem. You can't, you can't trigger or offend the alphabet mafia. Just kind of put it aside and he'll probably go find some job at some gay rights organization or something. He'll be hired. Remember his statement when this happened? He comes out and he says, I am a victim. All these people that are coming after me. And I said then, and I'll say it again, this individual who filmed himself having gay sex in a Senate hearing room did something far worse and put, not just filmed himself, but also put it on the internet. Let me just be very clear. As a desecration of our legislative space, as a desecration of the legislative branch, did something worse than 99% of the people on January 6th. And he, of course, won't be held accountable. No criminal charges, no perp walk, no federal prison time. And the regime is sending you a very clear message. If you are Owen Schroyer, who did not even enter the Capitol, but you said things that we don't like, solitary confinement and federal prison. But if you go into the Senate hearing room and you do your best effort to recreate Sodom and Gomorrah, you're perfectly fine. These January 6th protesters, they they, they should know better. If you really want to get away with trespassing, 90 plus percent of them never did anything violent. They've had their lives completely ruined. And this individual was a congressional staffer who had such contempt for the Senate, such contempt for the legislative branch that he invited his hinge date into 
the Senate hearing room and filmed in a disgusting, grotesque way. And that is a picture of where we are as a country, that we will terrorize and penalize the patriot who expresses their First Amendment rights and they just walk right in and they do nothing violent, nothing they, some don't even go into the Capitol. Some of them are outside of the Capitol looking at the Capitol. But the Senate staffer who films himself and then publicizes it on the Internet, we, we can't find a law that was broken. We, we can't find a, something that was wrong here. And it makes sense. For the regime, that is a holy sacrament. They look at that and they say, well, we don't want to get in the way of that. That is a... That's perfectly fine. But if you enter a MAGA hat with a flag and say, I love America, we're going to put you in solitary confinement. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code Kirk and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. The 100% made in USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the, as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425. Use promo code Kirk and get free shipping on your entire order. So call 800-875-0425 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. That is MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. I think so highly of Mike Lindell. He's a great patriot. He's a terrific person. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. Joining us now is Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis, who is host of the Daniel Davis Deep Dive, also a senior fellow at Defense Priorities. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I, I saw your segment on the Lower Ingham program, and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, we have some time to dive into this. Can you just detail exactly what occurred in the Middle East? Uh, who facilitated this attack? It was done by drone, but some of the details I still am not totally certain of. And how should the U.S. respond? Yeah, th- this uh, this was by an Iran-backed group. Uh, the one that took credit for it was called uh, the Islamic Resistance of Iraq, uh, also associated with Khatib Hezbollah, uh, which is one of many uh, umbrella groups that's supported and financed uh, by Iran, uh, for sure. They're literally all over the region. They have taken credit for this. Uh, they have been attacking us substantially uh, throughout the region since, the I think, the 17th of October, which they expressly say is tied to our support of Israel and their uh, battle against the Palestinian people, the way they view it. Uh, and so they have been launching uh, over 160 attacks since that time. One finally got through, uh, and there is still remaining some uncertainty as to exactly how it evaded our defense systems, even though it came in apparently when one of our drones was there. But it found its way into the, the living quarters, and most of those troops probably never even knew they got hit. They, they probably were killed in their sleep. And now then, of course, and I've been warning about this for literally months, actually years uh, arguing that our troops in Iraq and Syria do nothing to defend America. They are not providing a valid anti-ISIS mission, which the administration claims ad nauseum incorrectly. 
And so because they're there now, then it makes it easy for these Iran-backed groups to actually attack the United States. Otherwise, we wouldn't even have been attacked. So now then, though, troops have been killed. And so the president has to respond because that's that's the requirement for both the 1973 War Powers Act and the Constitution and the office of the president. But it authorizes him to go after who did it. And that's whether it's Khatib Hezbollah or or the Islamic resistance of of, uh, Iraq. It's not Iran. So if we spread this to Iran, now then we risk having them retaliate back against us and possibly more Americans being killed. What we should do is respond to the people who did this attack. They should be killed. They killed Americans. They should die. But then we should withdraw our troops and get them out of that harm's way, reposition them elsewhere in the region so that they can be protected and they're still useful for our security in the region. That's what we should do. But I'm afraid what we're going to do is we're going to go in and we're going to hit a lot of Iranian assets. We're going to stir up a hornet's nest. They're going to retaliate. Then we're going to have to retaliate back again. And this could go in a bad place. So, so just make sure I, I understand correctly. So these are troops in Jordan. Is that is that correct? Yeah, they were on the Jordanian side of the Syrian border, literally just right across the border where they were basically a, a logistics hub for our Al-Tanf uh, base in Syria. OK, and so the when you say hold the people who did this accountable, do you mean the drone manufacturers? Because there's some evidence that goes back to Tajikistan. Who do you when you say we should retaliate to the people who did this? What do you mean specifically? Yeah, by that? I mean, the people who used it, Where, wherever it came from is, is almost uh, of inconsequential because it matters who used it. And, and the people that because that's with any weapon system, it's not the person who made it. It's the person who used it. And if Khatib Hezbollah used it, if it was the Islamic resistance of Iraq who took credit for it, that's the one that needs to pay the price. If if it turns out that those who did this go all the way back to Tehran, would it be prudent to strike the the homeland of Iran? Well, see, here's that it gets the dicey at that point because our objective, the strategic objective of the United States, needs to be what we need to do to protect our country the best, protect our troops, and that does not equal going into a war with Iran. Sometimes we have to say we're not going to do what we want to do if doing so would would worsen our position. Now, there's lots of ways non-kinetic that you can respond to Iran. If these things turn out to be the case, there's lots of things that we can do that we aren't doing yet. Then we can take action that way. But if we strike militarily into Iran and then they retaliate and more Americans gets killed, clearly that's not in America's natural interest. And we've got to do something different. Yes. So if so, then your your recommendation to avoid a quagmire here is to ask the question, why do we have so many troops scattered across this in the Middle East? Where do we have troops currently in the Middle East? I mean, I was a little shocked to realize that we have 3,000 troops in the Jordanian-Syrian border. I wish we had 3,000 troops on our southern border. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a, one of my points that I, I, just drives me crazy as well. But uh, yeah, they're, they're literally scattered throughout. And that's, it's officially about 900 in Syria, about 2,500 in Iraq. And we're not sure how many are physically in Jordan. Uh, but we know that it's a lot of them. And then, of course, there's all kinds of support personnel. There's uh, uh, contractors. There's no telling how many are really there. It's a lot of Americans that are there, though. And there is no valid reason for them to be there. They should have left in 2019 after we dismantle the uh, ISIS infrastructure and where they had uh, holdings in both Iraq and Syria, which succeeded under President Trump. They should have been withdrawn then. They weren't. Now all they are is a target for these guys to hit them. And I'll tell you, whatever Biden is going to do, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, whenever that turns out to be, 
if we don't do anything to get the rest of those troops out of there, it's just a matter of time until they get hit too. I can assure you this will not deter those groups from attacking. It's not going to stop anything. And if we don't get our troops our out of vulnerability way, then this is probably going to continue on. This is not going to stop it. So l- let me ask you, you said Biden is going to respond aggressively. We don't really know yet how he's going to respond. They're being rather opaque about it. They're using generalities that we reserve the right to do whatever we want to do, however we want to do it. W- what are your sources telling you specifically of how the United States military plans to respond? Because as to this moment, there has been no response to the tragic death of these three patriots. Yeah, and, you know, these things take time, and I'm actually okay with them taking a little bit of time to make sure that they are, are you know, thoroughly vet their uh, intelligence sources, make sure that we know what we're doing, that we don't go in half-baked just to have an emotionally satisfying shot here, uh, you know, which could actually backfire or maybe even not actually hit the people that did it. So I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with them being a little opaque. I don't want them to signal what they're doing so that the bad guys have a chance to defend themselves. But what I expect that they'll probably do is to have a series of attacks, not just one off, because that's been one of the big problems and why we haven't deterred all these groups up to this point, even though there's been 165 attacks on our people, there's only been 15 responses, which means most of the time we do nothing, which only encourages them to do more. This time it has to be heavy against the people who did this and not just some empty buildings. It's got to be some real facilities. It's got to be the people who actually planned it and did it. And sometimes it takes a little bit of, uh, you know, intelligence works to be able to find out where those people are. So that's probably why this will take a, a sustained amount of time. And if they don't get them all in the first round, I imagine they'll keep looking because once you kill an American, you're on the radar. Has the Iranian Revolutionary Guard taken credit for this or is this mostly via They have proxies? not. In fact, okay. they've done the opposite. They said they had nothing to do with it. They said that they do fund some of these people, but they said that they don't have operational control. And as far as that goes, it's probably accurate. They probably don't have operational control. They have loose control. And a lot of that's about what they, they get from Iran. They can either give or withhold certain things. And, uh, you know, they, their fingerprints are on this. And I don't think anybody's disputing that. But the question is to what extent and to what sh- what should be our response as well. Post the killing of Qassam Soleimani, are we already in kind of a cold slow motion war with Iran? Uh, you know, I've heard so many people cite that in these recent days about saying, see, we took out their guy, then they backed down. That's not at all what happened. That's completely counterintuitive to what did happen, which is, look, we we had a whole salvo of missions on an American base in al-Assad in Iraq that just crushed all kinds of our facilities, wounded 100 men. And according to a, an analysis that was done a year later, it was sheer luck that uh, many of them were not killed, which would have put pressure on Trump to do something more. As it was, we did nothing more after that. But from that time until October 17th, there were at least 80 attacks on our troops throughout the region. So it didn't stop. And they have never said that anything besides they're going to continue to get uh, revenge for for killing Soleimani. It continues on to this day. Yeah, they have not forgotten. They still commemorate the death of Soleimani. Uh, Final question here. Do you have faith and confidence that Biden will be able to thread this needle without starting a new regional massive war that involves American troops? I hope he does because I I want our country to succeed. I want our troops to be protected, but I have very low confidence because the actions they've taken so far do not allow me to have that kind of confidence. But I'll just tell you, if part of their actions do not include withdrawing our troops from these these vulnerable positions to to consolidate them in positions where they can be better defended, this is going to continue on no matter how many targets we take out. Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis, check out his program and your show. Thank you so much.
Thanks for having me, Charlie. Appreciate it. Email is freedom at charliekirk.com. I'll be honest, this is one story, the Iran story, that I don't have really strong opinions. I, we have to avoid war, 100%. I don't trust Biden at all. I have a principled belief that if you kill Americans, you have to pay a price for that. On the same time, it's like, what the heck are these people doing as sitting ducks in Jordan of all places? I'm very torn on it. I don't think there's an easy answer to it. And then, of course, 100% Biden is factoring politics into his response. And apparently now reporting is that Iran is surprised by this, too, because it turns out their proxies just do their own thing, allegedly. Why are our troops there? Who do we hold accountable and to what deal? And by the way, Biden was bragging about how they were back. Jake Sullivan back channeling with the Iranian government. And I do have to ask the question, why would Iran do this? Is this is this in Iran's best interest before we barrel into war? I know that's kind of a thought crime, but are we really supposed to believe Iran went and killed three Americans and they just. The only argument to that is they think we're so weak we wouldn't respond. I want to play. I want to play around with that. I'm not saying they didn't do it. I'm not, of course, they have their fingerprints and their funding on it. But sometimes you have to wonder: is why would they do it? This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Who are we bringing into our country? Well, we talked, we spoke yesterday about Elon Omar, the ingrate, who should be denaturalized and deported. You know, it's very interesting. We said that and not a single Media Matters article hit us. It was very telling. You know, it's not that as if I care, but it's somewhat of an indicator. I was just wondering, you know, as the media, not a single media, not one person came to Elon Omar's defense. It was fascinating. Goes to show really how outrageous her comments were. It's indefensible. There's this horrific story out of New York. I think we have the B-roll. A large mob of illegal aliens, trespassers, invaders, Brutally attacked two New York Police Department officers on Saturday near Times Square. Brutally attacked them, just terribly. They all have been released without bail. And I want to show this picture or this video, I think we have it, of one of the illegals being released. And he just flicks off the camera. First, here is some of the illegals that are just jumping on him. Hey, diversity is our strength, everybody. Can't you tell? Look at that. The third world jumping on the New York Police Department. These are all illegals, according to, and then in cut 79, you'll see he flipped off the camera. This is the guy being released. There he is. What a wonderful individual, released without bail. He won't be deported. Look at that. They're just flipping off the camera. They won't be deported. They'll probably be given benefits. The Democrats want to give these people citizenship. Released without bail. Look, they're laughing. They might be, hey, they might be a future member of Congress. By the way, this is happening all across the country on smaller levels. 
You know, there's a major Venezuelan and Chilean break-in ring going across the country. And they're breaking into homes and they're stealing stuff. And they just get, you know, without bail the next day. They're coming to your home next. They might be coming. And by the way, you know what's amazing? If you look at the ring cameras, you look at next door, you look at all these people that are posting it, they don't care if they get caught. They have fake IDs. They get bailed out by a friend the next day and they just keep on committing crimes. Now, I want you to remember, and let's put up the other image of this guy flipping off. His name is uh, 22-year-old Johan, Joan Boada. What country is he from? I don't know. That I'm not really sure what, I'm going to look that up. What country he's from. And he be, they beat up two New York Police Department officers. And, and what a great picture of what the open borders give you. Foreigners coming into the country, attacking native-born Americans. Not only is this how many millions of the Biden-era illegals feel about America, it's how the U.S. government feels about you. If you were born and raised here, if your children and grandchildren were born here, if you pay taxes and follow the rules, they are flipping the bird right into your face. Oh, it's a uh, Spanish and, oh, it's oh, so it's potentially Catalian. Catalian? They won't be deported. They'll be given benefits. And, and by the way, this is happening every single day. It's probably from Mexico or Northern Triangle. No background checks. We have no idea if these people are terrorists, if they've committed rape. And by the way, these other countries are loving this. Do you know why? They get to open up their insane asylums and their prisons and get rid of their worst people. Why else do you think that one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, but you know, crime in the, in the Central Triangle is normalizing. First of all, they have Bukele, who's doing a tough on crime policies. He could be from Venezuela and many other places. But hey, don't worry, Republicans want to only limit to 5,000 of these people. Only 5,000 of these people coming in every single day. Under Joe Biden, already 6 to 7 million have come into the country. And let me just, just if you, and by the way, what, what an easy political win for Joe Biden. But Joe Biden, of course, hates the country. Joe Biden is a traitor. You know what Joe Biden should do? And he could, but he won't. Joe Biden could say, enough. If you beat up a police officer, I'm going to immediately deport you. What an easy political win for Joe Biden. That's, that is That would be such, but he wouldn't do that. That'd be an easy political win. Easy political win. Where is AOC, Rashida Tlaib? Where is Eric Adams on this, Mr. Tough Guy Eric Adams? Oh no, they've muzzled Eric Adams because they raided his fundraiser. That's what they did. The Department of Justice went after Eric Adams and they put him on ice. I want you to just stare at that picture of him flipping you off. That's the Democrat Party. And you're going to like it. Meet your new rulers. Your new rulers are people the third world that hate you, hate your values, came here illegally, did not follow our customs or a process, beat up our police officers, and then flip you off. But again, how is that picture any different than what Republicans and Democrats do to us on a daily basis? It just so happens in vivid detail, this foreigner shows us how he feels about us. Hate the police, beat them up. They're coming for your daughters and your family next because diversity is our strength. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.